Hey, writers, join our first draft weekly writers club. We meet every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern time. For more information, go to writingclassradio.com and click on the classes tab. I'm Allison Langer. I'm Andrea Askowitz, and this is Writing Class Radio. During the month of August 2021, we are running an episode every Wednesday. We have selected four listener favorites we don't want you to miss. This week, we're revisiting episode 79 because it was one of my favorites. I started in class with a scene of a fight I had with Sebastian, my son, who's nine. What if I said no more video or TV until you type your report? I'd hate you, he said. That's fine, I said. No more videos. Why? He threw himself on the couch. Because typing is good for you. Typing is not good for me. Typing is good for you. I know it's good for me because I'm me. And I developed the story into a story that then got published in Mother Magazine. Yay! Yes! Yay! Thanks, Mother Magazine. Okay. Love that magazine. That was me, Andrea Askowitz, in class, responding to the prompt that led to the story you'll hear later in the episode. This is Writing Class Radio, where you'll hear true personal stories from the students in our class and learn a little bit about how to write your own stories. I'm the teacher of the class. I'm Allison Langer, a student in the class. Together, we produce this podcast, which is equal parts heart and art. So by heart, we mean the truth in a story. By art, we mean the craft of writing. No matter what's going on in our lives, writing class is where we tell the truth. It's where we work out our shit and figure out who we are. There's no place in the world like writing class. And we want to bring you in. Today on our show, we're doing a little show and tell. (laughs) Show and tell. (laughs) Sounds dirty. Everything sounds dirty to you. All right. So what I mean by show and tell is, you know, you'll hear sometimes people will say show don't tell. But it's actually a very famous writing precept. Show don't tell. You hear it in every single writing class. But we're here to like bust that open. We don't believe in that. No, we don't believe in it because when you try to show and not tell, the listener is is being robbed of really good information, information that's inside the narrator's mind, how they're thinking, feeling, some background. They, it's. I feel less grounded when I'm just getting a scene. I'm always like, what? Wait, who's that? What? When? Wait, so what we mean when we say show is go to scene, like really do what a movie does. Like take us to a moment where we can see who's acting, who's doing what, what's going on. That's the show. We want to see the dialogue between the narrator and whoever she or he is writing about. Right. We want to see what's happening as if we're in the scene. Right. That's the show. When teachers say show, don't tell. But I always think people are full of shit. So when they're showing something, I'm thinking, what is going on in their head? How are they really feeling? Mm -hmm. What are they really thinking? Why are they full of shit? Well, I don't know. I feel like it's cocktail conversation. You know, sometimes what we're seeing, we're seeing only what the narrator wants us to see. But what I want to know is what's going on in your mind, the things you don't share at the cocktail conversation. That's what I feel like a story really should be. Why are we tuning in? Like, I don't want to go to another cocktail party. I want to hear what's really going on. So I've never thought of show and tell like that. So you're saying like, oh, this is the thing that happened to me and people will tell you at a cocktail party, but they won't really tell you how they feel. Yeah. And that's the beauty of a, of a written piece of writing. Like, I mean, a story. Yes. You get to show the to tell. 
That's what makes your story richer and stronger. And that's what makes people care about your story. Because otherwise, it's just a situation that happened, right? We talk about situation and story all the time. But if we're finding out what's inside, then I feel like, boom, we're in and we get it and we feel it. And now we want to know more. We're show and tell advocates. Um, Let's get to the show. So up first is student Misha Morrell. You've heard many of his stories on this podcast. We love Misha. He's the king of show and tell. In this class, though, we asked our students to just show. Do the prompt, 10 minutes, show. The prompt was a fight. And I remember you were like, good Lord, like rolling your eyes, you know, and I was like, no, 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 let's see how this works. Like, let's really try to parse this out. Let's try to write with just showing. I mean, see if we can do it. Yeah. And it was hard. It was really hard. And I don't like parameters because I'm already having a hard enough time answering the prompt, you know, the prompt. So I'm think, trying to think of a fight and what happened. No, I want to give some background. I want to get into the fight. because That's they, true. This prompt was sort of double layered. It was like, describe a fight, but then only describe it. Don't say anything yeah. about how you felt about it. So after the first 10 minutes, we tell them, okay, now let's hear the exposition. Let's right. go ahead Tell us what was going on. Give us some background. What was going on? What were you thinking? Blah, blah, blah. So we gave two prompts in class. The first one was this, the fight scene, only show. And then the second was, okay, now only tell. So you're going to get both. We're not going to tell you where it stops and where it starts. It's just going to continue. And let's see if, you know, you as a listener think it's enough scene, not enough scene, more scene. If the exposition was boring. Maybe you didn't need it. But let's see what it looks like when you go from scene to exposition. And listen to see if you can see the difference or yeah. feel the difference. Perfect. All right. Here's Misha. I park my car in the only available spot, one block away from my apartment. It's late, so all the good spots are taken. The street is quiet, Miami Beach, dark, quiet night. At the foot of the stairs is a chubby, middle-aged man. He looks drunk or high. He's leaning on the wall outside his apartment, smoking a cigarette. I greet him the way I always do with male strangers, a sort of of tip-of-the-hat salute type thing. Good night, I say. He slowly waves back and murmurs something. I pause on the bottom step. I'm 20 feet from my apartment. What's that? I ask him, intrigued by this guy. I've seen him propped up outside his apartment, occasionally wearing a dirty white shirt, flip-flops, beer in hand. He said in sloppy English, You photographer? I had my camera strapped around my neck. Yeah, yeah, I'm a photographer. He nodded, satisfied with this good guess. Okay. Okay, I said. Good night. Picked up the momentum, stepped up another stair, and then he came at me again. You, uh... He lifts his hand and makes the gesture of someone taking a picture. Yep, I said. Pausing again. Yep, I take pictures. Again, the guy nodded. I was exhausted. That morning, I got bad news about my dad's cancer. Latest scans showed some growth. I'd been crying for hours. And then I had to shoot an event, a cooking class for Miami socialites at a beach resort. Three hours of rich families, 
ignoring this amazing Italian chef who'd been flown in from Italy just to teach them. Then I got a parking ticket. And now this guy. He seemed gentle in his drunkenness. He swayed, tranquil. I've been there, on the verge of sick, head buzzing, sliding into senseless conversations. But I did that in college. This guy's like 45. Fuck, who cares, I thought. I was miserable. I'd felt so empty all day, sick. I saw the parking officer standing around uh, near my car after I came out of the chute and saw the ticket. So I stormed over to her. Ma'am, please, I'm two minutes late. Please, I work so hard. Please, just give me a break. A man was watching us from a few cars away. This dark alley outside a Miami Beach hotel. Only us three. I started crying. You know what fucking happened to me today? My voice grew. Her head popped up from her ticketing pad. She stared at me. My dad got diagnosed with cancer. Fucking cancer today. I shouted, fuck! She stared at me. And now this? She was speechless. The man a few cars down too. She said, if I could do something, I swear I would. Oh, fuck this, I shouted, angry, crying and hysterical. I threw my camera in the car. All these tears poured out. I cried all along the drive down Collins. I had to edit the pictures and then send them to the hotel so they could post them on their Instagram and share with everyone just how carefree and fun it is to be a member at the Vienna Hotel. By 2 a.m., I was at the foot of the stairs of my apartment building, talking with this guy, Ignacio. So he didn't do a perfect job of following yeah. this prompt, but he did do a perfect job of showing and telling. And like what you were saying, it's really unnatural to just show or just tell. Yeah. It's totally natural to do both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Misha did both. First, we start in scene. We're outside with him. He sees that chubby drunk guy, that whole scene, and he did that really well. We're totally in scene with him. But then he did this thing where he said, um, I was exhausted. I'd gotten bad news about my dad. And then um, he tells us that he had gotten a parking ticket earlier. That's all telling. And then he went back and gave us a new scene where he saw the parking officer and he came out late. Then he goes into exposition. He started to cry. His dad was diagnosed with cancer. Fuck, like we're so in his head. So we're that was such an excellent example of telling. We didn't see any of that. But we get it because he tells us. Yeah, to me, it's much richer to see what he's really thinking and how pissed he is and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a great exercise, but I really think it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And the way he reacts, I mean, just to talk about the story a little bit, the way he reacts, he's he's so patient with this guy. Like, we get who this character is. Yeah. So then when it goes to the ticket and he loses it, mm -hmm. we get that it's completely out of character. It's sort of like if you're just watching a movie of Misha 
and you see him on the street, you see this really calm, mellow guy being polite to someone who's drunk. But because it's a story that's written, we get to hear what Misha's really going through. It's like <laughs> yeah. narration in a movie, yeah. but na- but movies don't usually use narration. Sometimes right. they do. But that's what's so great about a written piece. Yeah. We get both. What yeah. The that's why the book is always better than the movie. Yeah. True, oh, my right? God. <laughs> that's totally why. <laughs> By the way... The whole dad cancer thing, we're not really addressing that too much right now in this story because we want to give people permission to write about things that are really hurting them and bothering them without making a big deal about it, like it's some big therapy session and how we're going to solve their issues. Right. So that's why in this piece, in our comments, we're really not even... Right. Addressing the... Yeah. The the real sad thing that's going on for this narrator. Yeah. addressing the writing. I'm glad you brought that up because it might seem like we're insensitive, but we do it on purpose. So let's talk about your story. I didn't really follow directions because that's just who I am. I I really have trouble following directions. I do want to say this. Whenever I don't follow the prompt, Allison, you do this. I do. You I get, get many. So you're like, why don't you ever follow the prompt? And I, I honestly, I, I bring a prompt to class, but I don't think about what it is. And then I just write whatever I'm thinking. Right. Because that's what you're supposed to do with writing class. It's your turn to write. But then here we have this like very specific prompt and Allison just totally doesn't follow directions. All right. Here. Should I introduce myself? Here's me. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Allison Langer with her response to the prompt, a fight. We were on the stretching mat. I'd seen him a few times in spin class, once on Miami Beach when I went with the kids, and a few times in the parking lot at Merrick Park. He asked, do you take yoga here? We hadn't really exchanged more than a few hellos. We didn't know each other. His question seemed sincere, like he was really interested in yoga. I have, yes. Why? I'm thinking about getting into a class, just wondering if there's one you like. I told him Sunday at 9, Penny, I'll be there tomorrow. He told me his back was bad. He had Lyme. I told him my back was bad, too, and he spent 20 minutes describing this Russian bath on Miami Beach. He said it's so good. A little creepy, but the heat and the cold, you should check it out. I gave him my email and asked him to email me the information. Allison, I said. Gerald. With that, I got up from the mat. See you tomorrow, maybe? Maybe so, he said. An email came through later that night, and thus began our three-year affair. I responded to his email. Place looks creepy, not going alone. Then come with me. Really? How's next Sunday? The next morning I went to yoga and he wasn't there, but an email came through later that day saying he got tied up. Please elaborate. I emailed back. (laughs) What started as a daily email turned into a a three-times-a-day correspondence. On the Sunday of our date, I traded my Honda van for my dad's Jeep. It was cute and yellow, and when I pulled up to the valet at the baths, Gerald was getting out of his Honda Accord. He was carrying two grocery bags. I grabbed my bag and my purse, and we greeted each other with a kiss on the cheek. Through email, I knew he was 31, a diamond dealer in his family business, Cuban-Lebanese and living on Key Biscayne. He knew I was 42, just had my third child, and was not married. I was madly attracted to him, but was sure he was just being kind, that this would not be a romantic date. After we put our dry clothes in lockers, we met in the hot tub. I'd starve myself for days in anticipation of being in a bathing suit. He teased me about wearing a bathing suit at all. Everyone's naked, you know. 
When I saw that he was also wearing a bathing suit, I was really relieved. I raised my eyebrows at him and said, hmm, I'll talk, I see. We sat close, but there was no touching. He was so hard to read. It felt flirty, but he was distant. I should have paid more attention to that. By lunch, I was completely confused, and even more so after he confessed that his last girlfriend was also in his 40s. Could this be real? What I'm thinking about this is it's so well done in terms of showing and telling combined. Thanks. Yeah. So that's the only reason we're showing it to our listeners, because it was actually a good story. But I didn't follow directions. Bad following directions. But what Allison did was she, like, jumped out of scene and then told us how she was feeling. It was so woven in. Oh, and then that moment where you say that um, it felt flirty but distant. We are getting insight into what the character is thinking and feeling right there while she's, like, sitting next to this hot guy in a bathing suit. I think that the show is really, really important, and I do, I always want the tell. Only tell is a sermon. It's not scene. It's not story. It's also boring, and we don't remember it. Like, we've talked about that. Scene is always what the mind will remember and hold on to. Right. We also want to say, when you see a prompt on our website or you hear, come to our class or whatever, and you hear a prompt, you have permission to write about whatever you want. Because a lot of times, it's going to go there anyway if that's what's on your mind and that's what you're dealing with at the time. So it's we give you permission. Before we get to Andrea's piece, a word from our sponsors. I'm Allison Langer, and every Tuesday from 12 to 1 Eastern Time, I host First Draft. It's a class... Kinda, because you'll get a little bit of instruction, but mostly it's a group where you come together with other writers online, write to a prompt and share what you wrote. It's the only way to get better. Come join me. Check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com or go to patreon.com slash writingclassradio to learn more. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Welcome back. This is Allison, and today we're talking about showing and telling in a story. Next up is Andrea Askwitz, our fearless teacher. It started in class, as you know, with the same prompt show and tell about the fight. And then Andrea took it, worked on it at home, as you know, sent it off to Mother Magazine. And it was just published this past June if you want to check it out. Here it is, Spoiled Mom. Sebastian came home from school and like every day, he barged through the door of my office and there he was, sweaty and red-cheeked. He's in third grade and carries a big backpack, which seconds after he arrives ends up on the floor along with his sneakers. Grab a snack and do your homework, I said. I motioned for him to pick up his backpack and pointed to the kitchen where the kids do their work. Then I got back to my own work. A half hour later, I went to the bathroom and found Sebastian in front of the TV. I said, did you finish your homework? He said, five more minutes. I said, get to work. He said, three. 
I said, no, two, no, get in there. I sat next to him and opened his homework folder. I took out his pencil and pointed to number one. Once he got started, I went back to my office. A few minutes later, Sebastian stood at my door. He wanted a break. Five minutes? I said, okay, because this child is obstinate. Or because this mother is lazy? Or, I don't know, why did I give in? I always give in. When my daughter Tashi, who's 14, asks to sleep at a friend's house, I think she'll be cranky for days if she doesn't get enough sleep. But I'll get alone time with my wife tonight. Then I say, sure. When we're driving past Whip and Dip and the kids beg for a milkshake, even when it's nearing 6 p.m. and a milkshake will ruin their dinner, I think, a milkshake? Sounds pretty good. And I pull off Sunset Drive and order the cookies and cream. Before I had kids, I had a cat. Coffee Bean hated her travel box so much, or maybe I hated it so much. She'd screech and arch and flare out her nails. Stuffing her in took a tremendous effort. So once I paid $1,000 for a home visit from the vet. As soon as the vet came in wearing her doctor's scrubs, Coffee Bean leapt behind a bookcase. I waited for the vet to get to work, but she just stood there. Finally, she motioned to me, and I chased down Coffee Bean, then held her while the vet administered the shots. The vet seemed so bothered by being there, so put out, that it occurred to me that maybe I spoiled my cat. Then I got a dog. Beast is a Rottweiler lab mix. He weighs 72 pounds. When we walk, I let him run free, the leash dragging. If I'm holding the leash and not paying attention, he could take me down when he bolts after a cat or a squirrel. But that's not why I don't hold the leash. I just don't. Recently, I took Beast to the vet because he's been chewing his paws raw. The vet asked about Beast's exercise habits. I said, sometimes I open the front door. He said, Beast needs to be walked on the leash. I said, does it count if I'm not holding the leash? The vet said Beast is experiencing anxiety. He could suffer an emotional hangover for hours after he chases a cat, which may be why he's biting his paws. The vet suggested Prozac. What? Everything I've ever read indicates that overparenting, helicopter parenting causes anxiety plus lack of confidence and binge drinking. I thought I was giving Beast freedom and teaching him trust and responsibility. I thought I was empowering Beast to be his own dog. An hour after Sebastian started his homework, I found him in front of the TV again. He said he finished, but that seemed impossible in that amount of time. So for the first time ever, I checked his reading comprehension. He answered every question wrong. I stormed into the TV room, turned off the TV, and shoved his paper in front of his face. He was lying down, dazed with his legs in the air. I said, did you read the story? I must have sounded scary because he screwed up his face like he was trying not to cry. He said, that takes too long. Oh no, mister, I said, and pulled him by the arm into the kitchen. He read the story through tears and answered the questions. I was pissed, but at whom? Had I sat with him from the start, none of that would have happened. But is that my role? And what about a kid learning responsibility? Earlier this year, Sebastian's teacher sent me a note. Please make a list of Sebastian's homework and check off each item as it's completed. My reaction? Every day? 
I've already been to third grade. Fuck no. A few days later, Sebastian didn't want to type a book report. The report was only four sentences long. I said, you've had three days to type your report and all you've done is watch videos. Do it now, please. He said, no, thanks. I said, Sebastian, you'll have to type all your papers in middle school. Might as well learn how to type. He said, I'll learn in middle school. I said, you get 15 extra points if it's typed. Now type it. So what? I'll get an 85. I was impressed with his quick math, but not impressed with his lack of interest or effort. I thought he's too young to be cynical about learning, and I'm too... Oh, shit. Sebastian's got a role model. I don't have it in me to fight or hover or make a list of my son's homework assignments. Instead, I write true stories, which means I sit at my desk and think about me. I let my pets and kids do what they want so I can do what I want. Instead of typing his book report, Sebastian slinked off to the TV room. I opened the front door for Beast and went back to my work. Before we talk about the writing, I just want to say that the stigma behind parents not doing their kids' work and making sure their kids are successful and doing their, it's like, it's a lot. But what has become of our universe that we think this is okay, that we think it's wrong to actually not help them? I like your attitude. Well, we get it in this piece. Okay, let's let, for a second, let's just talk about it. So w- what is the situation here and what is the story about? So Andrea started for sure with with the scene. She's She's got this dog and she describes that scene. She's, well, first the cat and that scene and Sebastian and his scene. You know, like we see her consistently sort of not wanting to get overly involved. But what is the story? The story comes at the end when we learn that this woman feels like, wow, you know, it's really me. They're learning from me. I'm the role model. I mean, I really, really loved that she shows herself as this asshole narrator who doesn't want to do shit. She does. She takes responsibility for herself. And that's important. Okay, so I want to thank Misha for sharing his story. Thank you, thank you, and all your stories with us. We love sharing them with our listeners. And thank you guys for listening. We would not be slaving over these episodes if it wasn't for you. So thanks for your reviews. Thanks for rating us. Thanks for your donations. Writing Class Radio is produced by Virginia Laura, Andrea Askwitz, and me, Allison Langer. Theme music by Ari Herstand. Additional music by TJ North, Kevin Miles Wilson, and Pottington Bear. There's more writing class on our website, Twitter, and Facebook. Study the stories we study and listen to our craft talks. And if you want inspiration in video form, we have a three-part series for sale on our website. Andrea and I give you our top writing tips. You can download our videos, $20 for one and $50 for all three. So you've written an essay. You're almost finished. Now what? Where do you send that story for publication? How do you format it? Do you need a cover letter? Well, sign up for our free publishing guide and you will get all the answers. All you have to do to get our guide is to join our mailing list. Go to writingclassradio.com and hit the sign up button. There's no better way to understand ourselves and each other than by writing and sharing our stories. Everyone has a story. What's yours? didn't say um, that show and tell is like what kids do little kids they have show and tell because it is the most natural way to tell a story yeah so yeah you forgot to say that 
Okay. I think it's important. All right. Like, tell your stories the way kids do. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at ivisonvoice.com slash podcast.